Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf, Maseches Kiddushin, is daf Chaf Beis 22. We're beginning about five, uh, five, six lines from the top of Chaf Beis Amud Aleph. We're going to have four sections in today's daf. First section we're going to discuss are the prerequisites that an Evid Ivri has to fulfill, or we'll see that the situation has to fulfill for him to become a Nirza. The second section is the treatment of him and his family while he is a Nirza. The third we're going to discuss is the placement and symbolism of where he becomes a Nirza. The fourth section we're going to introduce a new Mishnah, which is the Evid Kenani, what he's acquired with and what he's freed with. We'll go through the Gemara adds more. And Bezrus Hashem, let's get started towards the top of Chaf Bezim with Aleph, about six lines down, Tan Rabbanan. So we learned, we know about this Eved Ivri, if he wants to become a Nirza, he has to say, the Psukim tell us, if he wants to extend his period of service, he has to say, I want to be a Nirza. So Zok the Brisa, Tan Rabbanan, says the Brisa. Im Omar Yoimar, the Pasuk says, if the ma- if the Eved shall, sh- Omar Yoimar, double Lashon, if he shall surely say, and then the Pasuk goes on to say, um, I love my master, my wife, which refers to the Shifcha Kenanis, and my children from her, and I don't want to go free. But the Gemara, the Brisa understands, why does it say Amar Yomar, double language? So the, says the Brisa, He has to say, I want to stay as an Evid further, and he has to repeat that, that, that proclamation. Now the Brisa explains. Now we're learning Kipshuta. What's on the simple pshat? If he says this statement at the beginning of the six years, but not at the end of the six years, eno nirza. So then he's not going to become a nirza. Shenemar, because in Mishpatim the pasuk says lo chafshi, because it says I shall not go free. You know, the implication of I shall not go free is The implication is he's about to go free, and he says. I don't want to go free. I mean, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm going. For, I don't want to go free. So if he also has to say it at the end in order for him to be considered a nirza, Amar b'sof sheish. But if he only says it at the end, velo am b'tchilas sheish, and not at the beginning. We'll have to see in a moment. First, we're gonna just say the brisa. If he only says it at the end and not at the beginning, also ain't a nirza. He's not going to become a nirza. Shenemar, because it says im amar yomar ha'eved. He has to say it ha'eved when he is an eved. And the implication is, if he says it after when he's already been gone or going free, he's no longer an eved. That's the end of the brisa. He has to say it while he's still an eved. If he says it only in the beginning and not at the end. Um, He's only at the end and not the beginning, sorry, he's no longer an Evid, and therefore it wouldn't be an effective proclamation for him to become a Nirza. So now let's analyze the Brisa. Amar Mar, the beginning of the Brisa said, Amar B'tchilas Sheish, V'lo Amar B'sof Sheish. If you only said, I want to be a Nirza at the beginning of the six years, but not at the end of the six years. So, Brisa said, Eino Nirza, he does not become a Nirza. Shenem, Rolo Chafshi, because it says, I shall not go free, which implies he has to say it at the end of the six years. So the Gemara says, My Irya Milos Eitze Chafshi. Why are you deducing that he has to say it at the end of his tenure in order for him to become a nirza from this pasuk of lo'etzei chafshi? Tepuk le, it should you should be able to prove that it's not enough for him.
learned to say it at the very beginning, because in order for him to become a nirza, the Pasuk says he has to say, I love my master and my shifcha wife and my children from her. But the moment he walks into your house, when he says, I want to be a nirza, you know, I like this place, I'd like to stay here after six years, he doesn't have ishti and banoi, because he hasn't been given a shifcha yet, he doesn't have children from her. So says the Gemara, how could it be? Why are you deducing that only if he says the beginning and not the end, based on the Pasuk, that uh, it wouldn't be effective. From the Pasuk, it wouldn't be effective. You don't have those things yet. Furthermore, look at the end of the Brisa. If he says it at the end of six and not at the beginning of six, the Brisa said, <coughs> he does not become a Nirza. Because the Pasuk says, that he has to say it while he's in Eved. So the Gemara says, Etu Sof Sheish asks the Gemara, the end of six, Lav Eved, who? Is he not an Eved? He means I don't even understand. If it's the last day, for example, and he oh, says, Eved. I want to be, he's still an Eved, so why are you saying that wouldn't constitute an Eved that his proclamation is invalid? So Amarav Rava clarifies, what do you mean, Tchila and Sof? My Betchilas Sheish, I'm reading the parentheses here. What does it mean when it says in the Bryce of the beginning of the six years? It means if you prorate, you figure out how much work he owes you. So you could also figure out <coughs> when the last pruta of his workload begins. So when it says, techilas sheish, really what the b'risa means to say is, he has to say, I want to be an eved, before the last pruta of his servitude kicks in. Umay besov sheish, what does it mean at the end of six years? He also has to say, I want to be an Eved when the last Pruta's value has already begun, has already begun. So now that's what the Brisa really means to say. He has to say one time, I want to be an I want to be a Nirza, I want to stay on beyond my tenure before the last Pruta. And that's deduced from the first Pasuk, because the Pasuk says, um, Lo uh, excuse me, because the Pasuk says, Eved. it says, Eved. it has to be done when he still is a, legally constitutes a significant Eved. So that's while there's still at least one Prutas left in his servitude. But he also has to say it at the end of his servitude, meaning when, when he already for sure has Ishtoi uh, Ubanov and all of that, and that's based on the Pasuk of Lo Chafshi, because once the last Prut has begun, so his servitude is, is, is imminently finishing. So at that point also he has to say it. But if he would only say it twice at either of those two junctures, that wouldn't be sufficient. So it doesn't mean the beginning and end of his servitude, it means the beginning and end, or really right before the last Prut begins, and after the first Prut begins. So this is a very unique halacha, by the way, it comes out. In order for him to carry on as a he has to make those two proclamations at those very critical junctures. He, didn't have a wife or children? he can't. We're going to learn later, actually. That's the point, yeah. Very good. Let's continue. Let's continue with qualifications how he's allowed to become a nirza. It's not so simple. That's the thing. From the Psukim, you think it's very straightforward. We're holding at the two dots about halfway down the page. It's a little above halfway. So the Brisa continues. Lo isha ubanim. What if the Evid Ivri, we're going to have now here, I think, six qualifications. So if he is a shifcha and children from the shifcha, ula rabo ein isha ubanim, but his master, 
the Jewish master does not have a wife and kids. Eino nirtza. So the Evid Ivri does not become a nirtza. He's not able to become a nirtza. Because in Re'eh, the Pasuk tells us, It says, I love you and your family. Your family implies the Evid is saying, I love your wife and children. If he can't say that, he can't become a nirtza. And these are Gzeris Akasus, I'm just pointing out. So this is a unique qualification. Number two. The opposite. If the master has wife and kids, but the Evid Ivri does not, again, he cannot become a Nirtza. In order for him to become a Nirtza, he has to say, I love my master, my wife and children, referring to the Shifcha and his uh, children from the Shifcha. So the point is, <coughs> if he doesn't have the ability to say that because he didn't have that, so then he's not able to become a Nirtza either. Number three. Who oheves rabo? Imbalance in relationship. If he loves his master, rabo eno ohavo, but his master doesn't care for him. Eno nirza. Again, he can't become a nirza. Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, kitovlo imach. It has to be good for him, for the Evid with you means there's an equivalent that's created. So you have to treat the Evid every good, but it also has to be beneficial to you as the master. And if you don't appreciate this Evid every, can't become a nirza. The opposite. Rabo Oavov Hueno Oves Rabo. If he loves his master, but his excuse me, his master loves him, but he does not love his master. Eno Nirza, again he cannot become a Nirza. Shinamar because the Pasik says, Kaivecha. It has to be that the Evid says, I love you, means I love my master, only then could he become a Nirza. Number five. If the Evid is sick, but the Master is not, because it says it has to be good for him with you, and it's not good for him at this, as the, at this Master's home because he's sick, so he can't become a Nirza. If the master is sick and the evid is not, again, he can't become a nirtza. So just as the evid cannot continue on as a nirtza if he's sick, he can't continue on if you're sick and the master as well. So on this, Rabbi posed the following question. What if they're both sick? Meaning, the master and the slave are both sick. So do we say, There has to be this equivalency, and there is. They're both sick. Or do we say, no, it has to be, it's good for him with you. So there's a focus on not being sick. And that's not true here. Take who the Gemara leaves this off with an unresolved question. But the point is, is that you see it's not so simple the Evid can carry on as a Nirza. There are these qualifications and declarations that are necessary. Is there a scar behind that? I don't know. These are Xeris Akasivs. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it sounds like Xeris Akasivs. I'm sure that there's people talk about what the Hashkafic uh, focus of this would be, but I'm not sure what those are. <clears throat> let's continue. Now let's talk about the next section, the second section of the day, the treatment of an Evid Ivri, and actually, as we'll see, his family. Preferential treatment. Zuck de Tanarabanan. The Pasuk says it has to be good for him with you. And we expound from this, You have to treat him well with food and drink. We quoted this earlier. You, you can't be eating uh, refined bread, and, he, and he's eating, the Evid Ivri is eating unrefined coarse bread. <coughs> you're drinking aged wine and he's drinking grape juice he's sleeping the uh, 
you're sleeping, excuse me, on pillows and blankets, and he's sleeping on straw. So from this, the Chachamim deduced, anyone that acquires an Eved Ivri, it's like he acquires a master for himself. So Taisus and Chachamim would have told us, actually it's like a master, because what ends up happening is, if there's one pillow, you have to give it to the Eved, and you can't enjoy it yourself. Tanarabanon continues the Brisa. Now actually, the Brisa here teaches us, not only do you have to treat the Eved Ivri well, but even the Eved Ivri's family is taken care of. The Pasuk says, It says that when the Eved Ivri leaves, he leaves you, him and his family. So the Gemara says, If he's sold, are his Jewish sons and daughters sold that they go free at the end of his servitude? What is the Pasuk teaching us? Now obviously, it's not talking about the non-Jewish children that are born from the Shifcha, because those are not his kids. The Pasuk says, the wife and the children, that, that they remain as slaves. So what does it mean they go free? Mikan, so from here we deduce that, yeah, it's the Jewish sons and daughters who go free. What do we learn from here? Actually, is that the master is responsible to support the children of this Jew Evid Ivri, meaning he has his Jewish kids back home. The master takes responsibility since the father is not working for them. He not only has to take care of the Evid Ivri, he has to take care of the guy's kids as well. Very interesting. A similar idea to Aimer, you say, It says in the Pasuk also, if the Evid Ivri is married to a woman, not, not a Shifcha, we're talking about a Jewish wife, the wife goes free also. I mean, the wife goes free. If he's sold, is the wife sold, the Jewish wife? So the Gemara says, The master is also responsible for the Mizonos, the food that his wife requires over those six years. And the Gemara says, The Pasuk has to highlight that he has to support both the wife and the children of his Eved Ivri. If, if it only said the children, so you'd say, maybe he has to support them because as Kitanim, their little children, they can't get a job and support themselves. So the fact that their father's in servitude, his master should support them. But the wife could get a job. So maybe he doesn't have to support the, the Eved Ivri's wife. So maybe she should work and make her own money. So the master has to support the wife too. The and Ishtun, if it only said that he has to support the wife, says Rashi, it wouldn't be appropriate. It's much more disgraceful for a woman to go around begging for food. Whenever I see the Mishulachas women going around, it's, it's always, it, it, it bothers me in a certain way that it doesn't bother me when I see the men going around. It's very sad. It's not their derech. It's not appropriate. And again, they need to. I, I don't blame them, but it's just very sad. But children, they don't have that same sense of shame, so they could go around asking for food. So I might have thought the master doesn't have to support the children. Therefore, it needs to say, actually, he has to support both of them. I would just mention over here is that it would appear the concept of an Evid Ivri, particularly when he's sold by the Bezdin, is a concept of rehabilitation, because that's the only way that I can understand this with his requiring supporting the Evid Ivri, supporting his family, the whole thing seems to be it's a rehab center not so much as what he does for the master necessarily it doesn't seem like a great deal master seems like a good guy happens to be and that's just the way a lot more to talk about obviously let's move on says the Bryce okay moving on to the third section they would pierce the uh, ear the the Pusuk says the Pusuk says the master this is a Pusuk in Re'e so the Pusuk reads the master will bring him to the judges. The igisho he'll bring the eved ivri to the door, or to the um, 
what's it called? Lintel? Is that the word in English? The door frame. They'll pierce his ear with a awl. So we're going to try to figure out now exactly the placement and the symbolism of this procedure that makes him into a nirza. So says the Brisa. If it would have only said in the Pasuk, his ear at the door. I would have said, I would have thought, you bring his ear near the door and you pierce the door opposite his ear. You would have thought, maybe this is the procedure that makes him into a nirtza. Delis in oznai loy, but your piece appears in the door, not his ear. I think the Gemara interjects and says, wait a second. How can you say you wouldn't pierce his ear? The Pasuk tells us, it says in the Pasuk, the master shall pierce his ear with an awl. So you see clearly that you're piercing, it's the ear that's being pierced, right? So that's the point. So the Gemara therefore says, Sorry, the, first, the Pasuk I just read you was Mishpatim. The Pasuk that we're going to actually discuss is in Re'e, which is the next Pasuk, sorry. But the point is, it says very clearly, of course his ear is getting pierced. There's no such Havam, you know. Ella, so rather the Gemara says, I would have said, I would have said like this, maybe you're allowed to pierce his ear outside of Bezdin. It means you could pierce his ear in your house, away from the door in Bezdin, etc., and then, you bring him and put his ear against the door, and you'd thought that then you could pierce opposite his ear into the door. Meaning, you'd have thought it's a two-step process. Pierce his ear, because it says, and then you bring his ear to the door and pierce a hole in the door opposite his ear. Therefore, the Pasuk tells, this is one, the Pasuk in Re'eh, it says, it says in the Pasuk, in his ear, in the door. Let me read you the Pasuk. It says, You take the awl. You put it in his ear, in the door. So it says both words. One second. How does this work? You put his ear on the door, and then you pierce through the ear until it reaches the door itself. Okay. So that's first halacha. Now let's move on. Deles, now the Pasuk says the door. So Shemeani, I would have said, whether it's standing in its place in the door frame or not, you just need there to be a door. So even if it was office hinges, it would be an effective utensil for this procedure. Therefore the Pasuk says mezuzah. Back in the Pasuk in Mishpatim, it says, now, mezuzah means the door frame. By definition, it means a standing door frame. So just as the door frame is standing, the door also has to be in place. So the Gemara now continues and tells us, what is the symbolism of using a door? Very famous drush we're about to do. He used to expound this pasuk kimin chaimer. Rashi says chaimer is like a bundle of pearls. It means he used to or or besamin of incense. He used to darshan this pasuk in a beautiful way. And he said, Why did they choose the ear? Why did the Torah choose the ear from all the limbs in the body? Because Hashem is saying. Your, your ear, which heard my voice on Harsinai, at the time that I said, You are my Avadim, you are my servants. And I said, You're not servants to the Mitzrayim, to other servants, and you're not servants to other Jews. 
So v'halach zev ikana adon la'atzmo, and nonetheless, this Eved Ivri went and he extended his servitude under another Jew, Yeratzeh, it should be pierced, it's like almost like a punishment, or it's a musr shmuz, is that you should know, you shouldn't acquire masters for yourself. So what only happened six years? Excellent question. Good question. I hear. Good question. So I understand the word is it's a rehab. That's what I understand the pshat is. Now, if you have a druggie, that's what I understood pshat in the storyline, and he doesn't learn his lesson, you can't just uh, throw him back out into the work. You can't throw him back in the street. It's not going to help him. You need. You need to still help him. You need to still help him. That's what I understood pshat in the story is. There's a lot more to discuss, but 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 I think that that's going to be some sort of a pshat like that. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to say some shot like that because yeah, yeah. otherwise, it's a very difficult thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Hashem will talk about it. It's, 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 uh, there's a lot to talk about here. So that's Pierce. By the way, Rashi in in Chumash brings down a different Russia Also, is that if he steals and he owes money and he's sold for it, the, he brings another one in addition. The ear that heard at our Sinai loisignoiv. Don't right. steal. So that's another, it's not brought here, though. That's brought from a different Masechta, I think. It's not right. brought here. It's a medrash. Or medrash. So, you know, so then it would be from Machru Bezdin when he stole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it says, Elo Elohim, Elo Elohim, to the judges. It's seemingly, seemingly, yeah. Let's continue. Rabbi Shimon Barabi, Hayadarish, Zemekrazakamin, Chaimer. Rabbi Shimon Barabi focused on the door aspect. So he also used to expound a beautiful drush. He said like this What is the uniqueness of the door and the lintel that they would use that over all the other parts of the house? Hashem says, the door and lintel that were testimony, that were witnesses in Mitzrayim. When I skipped over the uh, door, fr- the uh, door, what's the mashkof? The, uh, the is it lintel? Is that how they translate it? Lintels. Val shteam mezuz in the two doorposts. Val marti and I said ki libene Yisrael avadim vele avadim laavadim means I sent the messages that I skipped over the Jews and I didn't kill them and I killed the Mitzrayim because the Jews are my servants. Vaitzeisim yavdus lecheres and I took you from freedom to from servitude to freedom. Vahalach zevikana adam laatzmoi and you went and acquired a new master. Ratzah bifneim it should be. It should be bored a hole into it in front of that same door. Again, it's a similar message that it's not appropriate for a Jew to be. Jews are not slaves. Very important message. And this is something that happens to be, has supported us throughout history. No matter how much they knock us down, Jews are not slaves. It's not in our mentality. And we get up and pick ourselves up again. And this guy's going and acting like a slave. We're not slaves. That's not how it works. Let's move on to the fourth section of the day now. Nu halacha evet kenani. So, so far we spoke about kenyani isha. Kinyani Evid Ivri, and now we're going to talk about acquiring and freedom methods of an Evid Kinani, a non-Jewish slave. Now it's very important to note there is a fundamental distinction between Evid Ivri and Evid Kinani. And Evid Ivri is essentially, I mean, other than Ravo said, you acquire him, you have to give him a get shikhr. But basically, the understanding of an Evid Ivri is it's like a hired Jewish worker, Jewish hired worker. An Evid Kinani is property. property. So therefore, the acquisitions of it, as we're going to see, are similar to that of land, metal, and movable objects, because it's like property. Says the Mishnah. And Evid Kenani is acquired with the methods of money, documents, or chazaka. Now, chazaka we're going to discuss in the Gemara. Chazaka is an exhibition 
an illustration of ownership. He's going to do something for the master in a way that shows that he's clearly a servant. These are three effective methods of acquiring property, land. And we're going to see the Gemara is going to equate land and slaves, which is why you can acquire slaves, Evid Kanani, in the same way. The Kainas, now there's a debate how he frees himself. Now generally, if he's property of the master, so how could he give the master money? The problem is, Masha Kona Eved, Kona Raboy, whatever the Eved acquires, the master acquires. So here we have a debate. So he could acquire himself with money from other people. Now the implication of this is, the first opinion the Mishnah would hold, which is Rabbi Meir, that other people give money to the master and say, I want that Evid Kanani to go free. But to give money to the Evid, to give to the master, that wouldn't work because the moment the Evid picks it up, it belongs to the master already. We'll discuss this in the Gemara. Or with a document directly to the Eved Kenani in order for him to go free. That's Rameir's opinion. I'm going to read this, the simple shot. The Gemara will see actually inherent in this. There might be three shitas, but the Chachamim say the money could actually be through himself. But the document is through other people. We'll explain this in the Gemara. But if he's utilizing money to free himself, so then the money has to be from other people. So what the Chachamim then are saying is, others can give money to the Evid Kenani and say, I'm giving you this money on condition that you utilize it for your freedom. And then there is such a capacity for that Evid Kenani to utilize those monies in order for himself to be free. Now we'll explain in the Gemara, actually, it's not so simple that that's one opinion. There might be two opinions here. Ezra Hashem will get to that machlokus later. But let's go for the first part of the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah said, an Evid Kenani is acquired with Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka. So, where's Minolan? How do we know an Evid Kenani is acquired in these three ways? Dechsib, Pazik and Bahar tells us, when it comes to bequeathing your Evid Kenani to your children, it says, You shall bequeath them, the Evid Kenani, the non-Jewish slaves, to your children after you as a permanent inheritance. Now, from the Pasuk, it creates a hekish between Evid Kenani and Reshes Achuza, which refers to your ancestral property, lands. So, Hekish and Akas of Achuza, based on this hekish, we say, We'll learn later when we talk about the acquisitions of land, just as fields are acquired with money, shtar and chazaka acts of illustrations of ownership. Okay, says the Gemara, but if you're making that comparison, so maybe you'll say, just as when it comes to ancestral property that's sold off, it goes back to the original owners at Yoivel. So maybe if you sell your Evet Kanani, it should come back to the master at Yoivel, the original owner. So the Gemara answers, Therefore the Pasuk says, by an Evet Kanani, they shall serve you forever. Meaning, if you own an Evet Kanani, there's no backseas. It doesn't go back, and if you sell it off, it now belongs entirely forever to to the other master who purchased it. And Tysus points out, La'ilam can't mean La'ilam shall Yoiva like we find by the Nirza. Why can't it mean that? Because if that was the case, the Torah should have just left it out altogether, and I would have said, make the Hekish from Steachuza. Just as Steachuza goes back, also Evid Kenani goes back. The fact that it says something out of the way that's not necessary is to teach us La'ilam Mamish. Let's continue. Zok the Brisa Tana says the Brisa Af bechalipin. So the Brisa adds another method of acquiring an Evid Kanani, which is chalipin. Chalipin is the concept of a a symbolic exchange. Pick something up, showing that there's a transfer, and then you acquire the Evid Kanani. 
So says our says the Gemara. Why didn't our Mishnah incorporate Chalipin as well? Milsa Katani. He was only talking about chedushim that are not applicable to movable objects. So he was saying, how do you acquire an Evid Kanani in a way that's not generally able to be acquiring metaltalin? So that's Kesef Shtar and Chazaka. But Milsa the Isab metaltalin acquisition methods that are applicable to metaltalin, lokatani, he didn't include. And therefore, even though you're right, chalipin is a way to acquire an evikinani, that's not a unique thing over metaltalin, and therefore it wasn't included in our Mishnah. Amr Shmuel, Shmuel adds a fifth way to acquire an evikinani. Evikinani, nikneb b'meshicha. An evikinani is acquired by pulling him. Pulling him and he's moving. Ketzad, so says Shmuel, how does this done? Takva uba'etz lo kano. If you pull the Evid Kanani and he walks towards you, kano, you acquire him. Karo uba'etz lo, however, if you call the Evid Kanani and he comes towards you, lo kano, that would not be an acquisition of Meshicha. Now the Gemara is going to challenge after this next piece why calling him is not effective if actually for animals that is effective. We'll see momentarily. But first the Gemara says, Bishlamalatana Didan. I understand in our Mishnah why it didn't incorporate Meshicha. Because Milsa the Isab and Metaltali like Katani. Things that you utilize to acquire Metaltalin are not taught in our Mishnah. Delaysa Metaltali Katani. Things that are not used to acquire Metaltalin were included. And since Meshicha is a way you can acquire Metaltalin, it wasn't incorporated in our Mishnah, even though our Tana would agree Meshicha is a way to acquire an Evid Kanani as well. El but according to the Tana of the Brisa that we quoted above, that included Chalipin, Sanisni Meshicha. Why doesn't he also include Meshicha as a way to acquire metalt, uh, the Evid Kenani? So the Gemara answers, Ki Katani, the author of the Brisa, the category he was utilizing, Milsa de Isa, Bein Bimekarkoi, Bein Bimetaltli. He was only teaching Kenyanim for Evid Kenani that are equally applicable to Karka and Metaltlin, i.e., Chalipin. Meshicha, but regarding Meshicha de Bimetaltli, Isa, Mekarkoi, Lessa, like Katani, which only is utilized to acquire movables and not Karka, therefore it wasn't incorporated into the Brisa. Now let's analyze the words of Shmuel. Ketzad. How is this Meshicha accomplished, says Shmuel? Takva uva etzlo. So if he grabs the Evid Kanani and pulls him towards him, and he walks. So kano, that's an acquisition of Meshicha. Karo uva etzlo lo kano. However, if he calls the Evid Kanani and he walks towards the master, the, the, the future master, that's not an acquisition of Meshicha. Asks the Gemara of karo lo, is calling him not effective, Vatanya, but the Brysa says, we're going to learn this later, we talk about acquiring animals. Ketzad b'mesira. So one of the acquisitions of acquiring a behemagasa, a large animal, let's say a bull. How do you acquire is b'mesira. Mesira means passing over ownership. How do you acquire with passing over ownership, transfer of ownership? Achsa b'tilfa. If he grabs the animal, the large animal's uh, hoof, b'sa'ara, its hair, b'okif she'ala, its saddle, b'shlif she'ala, or its load that's on its back, b'prumbya shevipia, the bit that's in its mouth, b'zog shebitzavara, or the bell that's on its neck, kana, just holding on to those things already implies that you're the owner, and that's an act of misira. But that's not what we're talking about here. Ketzad b'meshicha, continues the brisa. how do you acquire an animal through meshicha, dragging or pulling it, if you call it and it comes towards you, or if he hits it with a stick, and it runs in front of him, if it just lifts up one arm and leg, or one four front leg and back leg, so he already acquires that animal. Ravasiv Amrila 
Ravacha Oimer, either Ravasi or Ravacha said, So he just disagrees. He says it actually has to be that it moves in its entirety. It has to move the entire length of its body. But the bottom line is, you see, calling it is an effective acquisition of Mashiach for animals. Why is that not effective for Evid Kanani? So Amri, the Gemara answers, An animal moves based on the intent of the master. For those who are animal lovers, you might not appreciate this. Some people like to say animals and people have a shavius, have an equivalency, but we don't believe in that at all. And, uh, and unfortunately, some people act worse than animals, I guess. That might be the issue. So the animal moving is just an acquiescence. It's an agreement to the master. There's no inherent independent das that's going on. So therefore, when you call it and it moves, it's a reactory thing to what the master said. That's an acquisition of Mashiach. But Evid died to the And Evid has his own das. He's an adult. He is moving on his own intent. And therefore, that type of a movement is not acquiescing to the Mashiach as done by the master. And that's not going to be effective. Amr Ravashi, Sir Ravashi says, based on this, Evid katan kebehemadami. If you have a small Evid, an Evid who is a uh, minor, he's like an animal. Because since he doesn't have das, when you call him, it's really an acquiescence or an agreement. So that calling would actually be an effective Meshicha. Tan Rabbanan says the Bryce, so let's move on and talk about Chazaka now. So the general category of Chazaka to acquire an Evid Kenani is it's a showing, an illustration of Avdus, of servitude. So Ketzad B'Chazaka says the Braisa. How do you acquire an Evid Kenani through Chazaka? So there's a bunch of examples here. Hit your loymen If the Evid Kenani removes the master's shoes, or he brings the clothing or the vessels of the master to him, with him after him to the Beis Amerchat, to the bathhouse. If he undresses the master, he washes the master, he anoints him, he scratches his master, like massages him. He dresses his master, he puts his shoes onto his master, now this is what we're going to focus in on, or he picks up his master. Meaning the Evet Kenani raises his master. So these are all acts of Chazaka because they show servitude. Kano, the master acquires the Evet Kenani, and the Evet Kenani is owned by that person. That's something else. That's right. That actually shows ownership in a repetition format. But in terms of acquiring property, Evid, it means there has to be some action that's done. It's a similar idea that shows ownership in the immediacy. There doesn't have to be repetition. Am Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says back to the Tanakama, and this has to be explained, Chazaka shouldn't be greater than lifting. Because lifting acquires in every place. So where's Micah Amar? What is Rabbi Shimon saying? That Chazaka shouldn't be greater than Agba. What is that saying? So Amar Ravashi, Ravashi explains like this. The Tanakama was saying, if the, the Evid picks up the master, so then the master is acquiring the Evid because he's showing servitude. He's showing avdus to that master. But Higbiu Rabbi Lai, the implication is Tanakam would hold if the master picks up the Eved Laikanoi. So then he does not acquire him because Hagba is not a form of effective Kenyan when it comes to an Eved Kenani. Amar Rabbi Shimon, on that Rabbi Shimon was commenting, Lote Chazaka Chazaka shouldn't be greater than Hagba. Meaning, if you're saying when the Eved picks up the master, which is Chazaka, that's effective, but Hagba in general is more effective with Metaltalin, etc. So 
certainly then it should be effective for the master to pick up the evid and acquire him. Shagba kaina bechomakoim because kagba acquires in many places. Now the Gemara just says on this point. Now that you're saying everyone agrees that if the evid picks up the master, he acquires the ma- the master acquires him because that's an act of chazaka. So the Gemara says one second. Based on that, we could we could deduce the following. Based on that, very interesting. A shifcha kenanis should be acquired through intercourse. Why should she be acquired with intercourse? Because in the act of intercourse, if the man is being supported by the body of the woman, so she's lifting him to a certain degree. So you'd say that acts as chazaka, like you're saying. So the Gemara answers, no, that's not necessarily true. And it's a very interesting yisod. The only time Chazaka works to acquire an Evet Kenani is an act of servitude where the master's benefiting and the Evet or the Shifcha is suffering, is not enjoying. But Hacha over here, Zenehenev Zenehenehu. In the act of intimacy, they could be both having enjoyment. So therefore, what the Gemara is saying is, in that act of intimacy, it's true she's lifting him, but the act of Chazaka by definition is to show the imbalance in power, not that there's an equivalency. Therefore, that wouldn't be effective, says the Gemara. What if there's a intercourse in the unnatural way? So one might argue then it's painful, it's not enjoyable for the woman, and if so, maybe you should be able to acquire the woman in that way. First of all, unbelievable. Who says that she's not enjoying as well? First of all, and furthermore, the pasuk compares. The two types of intercourse, natural and unnatural. We compare the two for all halachas, but in this context also, if you can't acquire her in the natural way, you can't acquire in the unnatural way as well, it would not be an effective kinyan because you can't utilize that as chazaka. Let's finish off. Rav Yehuda, I don't know what the feminists do in general. Rav Yehuda Handua Ger She'en Yarshim Havas. Finish off with a story. There was a fellow whose name was Rav Yehuda Handua who was a Ger without Yarshim. So he didn't have any inheritors and he was very sick. Cholash, he was sick. Al Marzutra Lishulei Bey. Marzutra went to visit him. Chazia de Takifle Al Matuva. So he found that this Rav Yehuda Handua, Rashi learns actually he was from Kush, he was Ethiopian. He was almost dead. He was very, very sick. So Amr he knew he was going to die, but he had also, he had avadim, kenanim, that would become hefker when he passed away. So Amr Avde, he said to the servants of this ger, shlofli misanai, take off my shoes, besa, and bring them to my house. Now why was he saying this? Because his intent was, the moment that this ger passes away and his servants become hefker, those Avadim that he owns will transfer immediately into my rishus. Since he was almost what? But if they do it before he's dead. Well, if they start before he's dead and then it extends after he's dead, so then it goes right into his rishus. Now the Gemara there's two, two versions of the storyline which will be based on two different shitas. Ikeda Amri. Now one version of the story was Havazep. Ikeda Amri Havazep Pirish Lamisa. Sorry, I skipped. So one version says is that the Evid that we're dealing with over here was an adult. And since an adult person can acquire his freedom, an Evid Kanani would free himself if his master would pass away and nobody owned him. Turning to Chafkim Lomad Aleph, So this one, which is the Ger, Rav Yehuda Handua, he was separated to death, meaning he passed away. But the moment he passed away, Marzutra was able, Pirish Lachaim, separated to life, means he was able to acquire that Evid. But if he wouldn't have had that immediate acquisition, the Godol, 
Eved would have been able to acquire himself because he's a Gadol. But the other version is, actually, the Eved Kenani was a child. And then it would come out, the fact that he required that immediate Kenyan would not be like the opinion of Abishau. Tanya, as the Brisa explains, Gerishamesu If you have a convert who doesn't have Yorsham, he passes away, and then Jewish people come to start claim his property because it's Hefker. And there were servants amongst the property. Tanakama says, Whether they're adults or children, they acquire their freedom. So that would be in the second version here. Even though it was a child, he made sure that there was no break because the child would have acquired his freedom should he have been given the opportunity. says, no, the Gedolim, whoever acquires them, the Gedolim, whoever acquires they acquire their freedom because they have a yad to make acquisition. Unless somebody has, which would be like the first version of the story. Ketanim, however, called hamachzik bahen, they don't have the ability to acquire themselves. So even if somebody's only machzik in them later, zacha bahen, because they can't acquire their freedom anyways. So in the second version, we said it was a katan, the fact that there needed to be an immediate Kenyan following the death of Rabbi Yudah Dandua must be that he held not like Abba Shoh. We're stopping here. Top of Chav Gimel Aleph. Israel Hashem will pick up tomorrow discussing the freeing methods of a Evid Kinani with Daf Chav Gimel. Everybody have a wonderful day.